Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we continue with our remake month with What Men Want from 2019, directed by Adam Shankman. Adam Shankman has directed so many things that we are going to talk about on the pod. Have Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least a couple things. So he directed The Wedding Planner. A Walk to Remember, Bringing Down the House. Like, those are three that we are definitely going to do. Um, oh, for sure. He also did The Pacifier with Vin Diesel, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, 2007's Hairspray, which might be fun to do. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I was, just, and, I was just eyeing that. And Bedtime Stories and Rock of Ages. <laughs> So this is a guy who definitely knows this genre. And the fact that he's responsible for bringing down the house explains so much of how this movie functions. It has yes. real bringing down the house energy. It does. it does. It does have bringing down the house energy, which is like, when you say that, at first I'd say, what does that mean? But I, I know exactly what it means. So yeah. it, look, it looks like um, the story by credit is with a Tina Gordon who is known for um, Drumline, ATL, and her directorial debut was Peoples, a movie that people didn't watch because it was Tyler Perry Presents Peoples, but pe- but he didn't make it, he produced it, and it's it's not the best movie. We'll probably do it on the podcast, but like it's not it's not bad. Anyway. Yeah, people uh, should people should watch Peoples. Check it uh, out. So she, she the story by credit is her and Jazz Waters, but then I noticed that the screenplay credit is her and two dudes. Uh, and you know, I guess it's what men want, so dudes have to be involved. But there's so much like dude shit in here that doesn't really make sense. But we'll get to it. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that this is packed full of dude shit, like capital D dude shit. This is, of course, a reimagining of the 2000 film What Women Want, which is a previous episode that's directed that was by our, Wasn't that our 50th episode? I think so. Yeah, I think that yeah. was like a... It was a, a golden v- episode. It was, it was one of those even milestones for us. Yes, yeah. So this film, we've got Taraji P. Henson, Aldous Hodge... Erica Badu, Tracy Morgan, Richard Roundtree, Tamala Jones, Phoebe Robinson, Max Greenfield, Wendy Mc- McLendon Covey, um, and there's that there's the the white guy who is her assistant. His name is Josh Brenner. I've never I had never seen him before. It looks like he was on Silicon Valley, Marin, The Big Bang Theory. So good for him. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a comedy comedy guy. He's a comedy boy. Uh so this this cast is ridiculous. Oh, I didn't even mention um Kellen Lutz is here, Shaquille O'Neal shows up, Mark Cuban, Carl Anthony Towns, 
Pete Davidson. This is this cast. I mean, the cameos in this are out of control. Lisa and Leslie. It is. I, I will say, like, that is one of the elements in which it does feel like the original, just in the sense of having a, a ridiculously stacked cast, even if they're just a side character, even if they're just in one scene. Like, we will fill this cast to the brim with names. Yes, so many names. So the plot of this movie is it's kind of similar to the original plot. Like if you have not seen What Women Want, which I assume if you haven't, you are a child, in which case I do not know why, how you found this podcast. Uh, I don't know how you found the internet and you were able to get this playing on Spotify or iTunes or what have you, but you should probably go have a snack and do your homework, okay? I cannot believe that there are people that were born in 2000 that are like adults. That is disgusting. I don't want. <laughs> I know we're going to, you know, when we're able to be at bars safely, we're going to run into those people without even knowing it. Oh, well, we'll probably know because t- 20, 21 year old, like if they're turning 21 at the bar, we'll definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, if you have not seen what women want, um, you should either watch it or listen to our episode. You should definitely listen to our episode either way. Um, yeah, you know whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. Also, Samantha Bee's. Oh, that guy's Samantha Bee's husband. I was like, I've seen this white guy before. Um, <laughs> what if I just didn't say his name? I just said that. I know. I, I love that because it makes it seem like you don't like him, but you're just like, oh, that's how I know him, I mean, Jason Jones. I, I don't like him. <laughs> there's some kind of like charter school controversy that he is part of or something like that. So yeah, no, I don't like him. Fuck charter schools. I'm sorry, uh, but like the, the phrase charter school controversy is so funny to me. <laughs> like there, cause there's so many of them. But anyways, yeah. yes, Jason Jones is here. He appears in this movie. So Taraji P. Henson what what can we say about Oscar-nominated actress Taraji P. Henson? If you don't know, she was she was nominated for an Oscar in 2008 for The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And in my opinion, she should have won because she it was one of those roles where it's just like inspiring black woman in a white man's life. And every woman should get an award whenever they have to do that. I completely agree. Absolutely. Yeah, she's definitely an actress who has been putting in amazing performances, doing the work, and deserves more than A, some of the roles she's gotten, and B, just like deserves some of that very straightforward recognition. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like how, you know, people finally have realized that Regina King is amazing. We need that for Taraji because Taraji has been around just as long and there's there's no reason like I mean she she started acting like after but you know what I mean they're, they're I completely agree. Around. I feel very similarly like it's it's her time. We need to give her her flowers. She needs she needs to have a bed of flowers that she can lay on at night and just say, "Yes, I'm an actress." And oh, I did that. Yeah. Yes. I So I'm going to read off some stuff because there, I'm sure there are white people that l- listen to the podcast. I'm glad there are a lot of white people. Say, I'm sure there are white people that listen to the podcast. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some white people. 
<laughs> white people. So white people, just in case you don't know, she was in the iconic 2001 film Baby Boy, the BET staple Baby Boy, and she is Therese Tyrese's like main love interest. Like she she is the romantic lead of that movie. Um, she's in Hustle and Flow, and she which is that is a movie that has won an Academy Award. Three Six Mafia run an Academy. That's that's a big deal. She was in Four Brothers. She was in Something New, which we might do on the podcast sometime. Um, Smoking Aces, Talk to Me, which is directed by the great Cassie Lem- Casey Lemons, who also directed Eve's Bayou and is a legend. The Family That Prays, one of the like maybe four Tyler Perry movies that are good. Um, Benjamin Button, as I mentioned, um, more Tyler Perry movies. Um, <laughs> Tyler Perry, here's the thing. Uh, I I haven't I think in an article Taraji has talked about how she works with Tyler Perry all the time because he pays her what she's worth. So she will show up for him. So whatever you want to think about Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry has paid Taraji better than most directors have. And that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Real fucked up. I I that's something that I've heard about him is that he's actually like way more equitable and good to work with than a lot of directors. So his, there's to that. His, to his actors, to his writers, he doesn't give a shit, which is, which is so interesting. Um, but she's in think like a man and think like a man too. So she will be back on the podcast. Um, hidden figures, proud Mary acrimony. Um, unfortunately the best of enemies. I still love you girl, but like what, what, what what was that <laughs> yeah so so this is Tara, the queen taraji she was on per, the show person of interest for 55 episodes that almost makes me want to watch it uh so incredible uh the romantic lead in this movie aldis hodge was most recently in one night in miami playing a terrible man so i'm not gonna say who he plays if you watch it you know um <laughs> So he's in that. He's good in that. He was on that TNT show Leverage that I never actually watched, but I remember all the promos where it's just like Timothy Hutt and it's just like, we, we <laughs> Leverage. What, what yes. was the thing? It was like something, we we create Leverage. Right, just and Tim- then there's like, there's like a sound effect. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, boom. Like, I've never watched it, but I, like, whenever anyone uses the term Leverage, I'm just like, Oh, okay. I hear you, buddy. Um, Right. um, That was like his first big role. And I just remember being like, well, good for this black man. Uh, But then he, you know, he's in Straight Outta Compton. He's in Hidden Figures. You know, he's been really um, blowing up. He was on Girlfriends. He was on Underground, which was the show about the Underground Railroad. Not to be confused with the new show about the Underground Railroad made by Barry Jenkins that's coming out. this uh, yeah so this is a yeah guy. I, I love him in this movie he is he in oh no i thought no he's not in that but yes he's really great in this he's in he's also in clemency um which is a movie that a lot of people like that i've not seen he's in the invisible man from last year and he's really great in that so like yeah this is a really good actor it's nice to see Al just hodge um 
And yeah, he's lovely. And we have also Richard Roundtree, Shaft himself is in this movie. Like, wild shit. Like, Tracy Morgan, who does not need an introduction uh, at all. No, certainly not. (laughs) Phoebe Robinson to Dope Queens, Max Greenfield, New Girl. Like, these are all, like, if I went down, like, what we... Oh, I mean, yeah, if we went down into everybody's, like, career, then that would be the whole episode, because this cast is on fire. It's just, it's an amazing cast. So uh, Tarashi plays a sports agent um, named Allie, and she in this in this takes place in Atlanta, and she works at this this agency, this management firm, with all of these other guys, and they're all white, and she. it's the same as the beginning of the original where she thinks that she's going to get a promotion. She shows up and she doesn't. And in the original, um, Mel Gibson doesn't get the promotion because, because Helen Hunt is, um, (laughs) because Helen Hunt is there and they're trying to market to women. And this one, she doesn't get the promotion because they don't feel like she relates enough to men. And she, I guess she's most known for working with female athletes and that's considered to be like, not as important. So, so yeah, there's, there's that parallel where it's just like, Oh, despite the fact that you've been in this workplace with the same bosses as everyone else. And, you know, all these same clients are here, even if you're not working directly with some of these male athletes, it's very similar to the original and in the whole, like there's the pitch meeting moment and there's the moment where she doesn't get the promotion. And like, uh, she, she gets this talking to where they're just like, yeah, you just don't, you don't get men. Like you don't relate to men enough. And she's very much offended. Uh, she's very much like, you know, the, I, I feel like she's more offended in some ways than Mel Gibson. I feel like Mel Gibson's character and what women want feels more just straight up entitled. Like, he's like, how dare you think that I'm not smart enough to market to women? What? How could that even be hard? Whereas with well, Taraji, it feels like she's offended because she's like, I am one of the guys. <laughs> like, that's how okay. I felt. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the first problem of this movie. Okay, so Taraji is not like, she's not like a super femme. She's not, she's not like super, she's not like super feminine. I mean, she always looks amazing, but she's not like, I don't know. Yeah, she's she not looks like, femme, but her personality is not like, she's not like with the girls in a way that's like, oh, finally I can hang out with the girls. Like, she's very much talking about the sports world, obsessed with it. Like, she's working there because she's into that shit just as much as all the men there. Yeah, the thing is, is that she loves sports. She's competitive. She was raised by a single father. And it's just like all of these things that, why, and, and also like when she, like in the scene where she first like fucks Aldous Hodge, which is an insane scene, uh, it, you know, the way that she acts in it is like very much like how a man, how a man would act if he's bad at sex, which is just like, you know, being selfish, like everything. And then like in the scene, like after she figures out that she doesn't get it, she she's like with her dad boxing. So it's just so confusing because like, like the thing with Mel Gibson is that he was super he was a he was a man's man. He was a right. dude. And 
that is not and she's not a girl like she has a group of girlfriends and they're very funny and like super fun but it's like she's not (laughs) it almost feels like she doesn't connect to her girlfriends that much because she's so yeah it's interesting because i feel like the movie's trying to do this thing where on one hand it's like oh she's emulating what she thinks a man is like um but she doesn't know what men are like (laughs) like that that is that is exactly the argument of the movie the the argument of the movie is that her like hyper competitive competitive and like at some point aggressive nature is somehow like turning off to men because it's like insulting to them because it's like we have more layers than that we're not just like <laughs> yeah we're not yeah, no it, it's it's almost like it's almost like the men are calling her out for toxic masculinity. <laughs> like, yes, that's exactly what the movie does. It's like it's like she is toxically masculine. Like the yeah, the scene where she has sex with Aldous, like she literally is just trying to get her orgasm. She's on top. It looks almost like she's hurting him. Like it's, it's very really terrifying. <laughs> like it's really bad. Like the se- like the sex scene is like because she has sex with him like right after. Um, she doesn't she, get her uh she doesn't get the client she wants yeah she's like she's just like riding the dick raw like not raw as in like without a but raw as in like it's gonna hurt after yeah like, like she's, this is this man's body like she's like it also and like she, i also was like okay i know everyone has different bodies and they get off different ways but i was like this doesn't look like it would like the, her positioning, I was almost nitpicking it. I was like, no. this doesn't even look like it would feel good. Like, no, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's no way that the, there's no way that that sex feels good. And there's also just like, there's also just like the fact that she like puts her hand on his neck, and he says that he can't breathe more than once, and she keeps her hand on his neck and it's just it's really it's really fucked up and honestly like it is wild that he's the love interest of the movie because after an experience like that i would never talk to her again yeah like i loved his character but i genuinely feel that he deserves better than her character um fully she it doesn't make it does not make sense like it would have like if you if the movie and it's not just that like what she does in the movie doesn't make sense the choice to have her do that doesn't make sense like if they really wanted her to like be the alpha in bed she could just whip him like she could just get some chains get some whips like tie him up like it didn't have to be like just like ramming no <laughs> like, it, was so, it was just such a weird choice and again it's so it's very confusing given the plot of the movie i was like okay so she's not a girl it's not a girly girl learning what men are like which is what mel gibson's was it was a manly man learning what women are like it's like a woman who thinks of it's basically a woman who's like I'm not like other girls, realizing that actually men are not like that either. <laughs> like like men are not like what you think. No one should be like this. Um, but yeah, it's weird. That, it's weird to have a female character learn that. <laughs> there's there's a way like the way that everyone treats her in this movie. It's like it's like she's like sweet D, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like everyone hates her for some reason, and like 
aside from that really terrible sex scene, she doesn't really, it's not really warranted. Like, why well, does she hate her so much? Well, that was the weird thing to me is obviously, like, the way that she treats Aldous is not okay. And even outside of that scene, like, the way that she emotionally acts around him. But in the workplace, no one's going to know that. And so it seems strange to me that these men who don't seem, like, particularly um, emotionally attuned or whatever are going to, like, judge her for that reason. If anything, I just assumed that they were sexist or racist. Like, I – and they're just like, oh, like, she's not part of our club. Not like, oh, she doesn't get <laughs> – like, like, I don't know. I was like, I feel like they would either like her or their reasons for not liking her would be different. It wouldn't be this, like, you don't understand men in this specific way. Yeah, this is, uh, this, this is so wild. So, so essentially she doesn't get this job. She also has this assistant who is like this, like, um, like, oh my God, yeah. boy and his name, is, his name is Brandon played by Josh Brenner. And his whole thing is just that like, she, she treats him <laughs> she treats him like shit yeah i mean like but it's also just like every assistant in every movie is treated like shit so it's very clear that this movie is trying to make make us like as an audience think that this is like singularly bad but it's just like we watch white people do this in movies all the time he's one white guy he seems to be fine like it's not like she's like She's not if anything, <laughs> it's like more noticeable because she's not a white guy doing it to him, you know? So it's like the movie's like, whoa, look at this wild dynamic. And you're like, actually, I see that all the time. It's just cast different this time. And like the the lines that are given to Taraji are just so cartoonish. Like she's just so directly like, no, you don't get good things. You don't deserve a promotion. Like there's no subtlety in any of the dynamics. So it just makes the choices even more cartoonish. And I mean, like, the original is also cartoonish. It's a cartoonish plot. It's silly. There's kind of a sense of magic. There's a lot of stereotypes, you know. But um, because she is supposed to both be learning about men, but also act like a toxic man, (laughs) it's a very confusing, it's a very confusing character sketch. It's very hard to get a hold of who she is. Yeah, and it's like, Sarashi is is really, you know, like a true actress in the sense that like this movie is really fucked up if you think about it for a few seconds, but just but she's so good at playing all these notes that do not work together at all. Oh yeah, no, it's it's like she is a singer who's just like reading music that makes no sense but hitting all of it pitch perfect that's how it feels that's honestly how i feel about a lot of the performances in this movie is people are like all right let's hit the let's hit it but it's not on tune <laughs> like the music itself the script itself does not it's not smooth um yeah everybody's everybody's doing the best that they can in in the in some of the worst circumstances uh because you know so we have and so the assistant is like he wants to be an agent which is always the thing in the movies the assistant wants to be the agent um and he's tired of cleaning up taraji's messes all the time even though it's just like she doesn't really seem messy it's like the movie keeps on telling us that she is 
But I, like, I, I, I feel it, like the movie is yelling at us that like Taraji is not okay, and obviously there are some scenes where we're like, yeah, that is not okay. But there's moments where it seems so unnecessary for the movie to be like, by the way, she's also a bad boss, and like, you know, she's not there for her friends enough, and like, there's just all these. <laughs> with her and her assistant is essentially like this black woman needs to recognize this white man's talent and it's like yeah and I think I felt like the movie was almost trying to do satire but that wasn't really and I feel like this is an issue with satire or like flipping roles you know you know gender flipping something or like being like we're gonna cast it different to make a point is there's a difference between satire and like body swapping there's a difference between satire and like somebody assuming a different identity or a different power dynamic there's a difference between comedy in general and satire specifically and i feel like there's moments in this movie where it's trying to do satire because it's like yeah taraji is the bad person right and this white guy is like oppressed and it's like come on but it's not working because that's not the original isn't satire it's just comedy yeah and it's like it he like he has a shitty job but it's really like not like it could like it's weird it could he's not he's not laboring 12 hours a day and not like he's got benefits he's just not moving up as fast as he wants and i'm not saying that that's not a valid struggle but the movie makes it feel like she is like you know forcing him to work all night also, and he doesn't have time with his family he doesn't have a family you know like it's just like also, what? also the movie makes it seem like she has the power to like give him a career and she really doesn't <laughs> well that was one of the plot inconsistencies to me is like on one hand we're supposed to believe that she does not get a promotion she wants and she's upset but on the other hand we're supposed to believe she can promote him and obviously there's different levels of management but generally, it's the top dogs that do all the promoting. So that was confusing to me from a structural point. Yeah, yeah, that's very confusing. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't seem like it was like fully thought through. And so, yes, there's that dynamic. Um, also, he is in love with Pete Davidson. <laughs> Which, honestly, I do love that. <laughs> I love that they just had Pete Davidson be in a few scenes so that this other man could just really simp for him. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I I like Pete Davidson in this movie. He's kind of awkward. Like, you can tell that, he, like, I haven't seen, like, the movies where he's had, like, bigger roles, but he seems uncomfortable in the movie. Like... You know, like, I'm, he's, I don't know if it's, it's his thing to be that stiff and weird. If it's, I don't know if it's a choice or if he's like, if he's just like uncomfortable. I really can't tell. And I haven't seen him in any other movies. I haven't seen him in movies. So yeah, I've only seen him on SNL or like his, a little bit of his stand up. So, you know, it's so different than a movie. It's hard for me to know. I do feel like he is a little awkward, but in this way that's very, people are into it. So it doesn't get perceived as awkward in a straightforward way. But yeah, it was funny to see him just kind of be there. <laughs> just he's, Yeah, because he's just, he's just there. And like his... <laughs> His thoughts, like, when Taraji reads his mind are, like, that's, like, his best acting in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> are his are his thoughts. And I wonder if it's just, like, 
he knows like verbally how to act but physically he hasn't like worked it all out yet like there's this you know how like people talked about like jerry seinfeld and about like how like there's something i don't remember who said it but like you shoot jerry seinfeld from like the waist up because he doesn't really know what to do with the rest of his body because he's known as like a stand-up and that's like his that that's his range right that's yeah no i I felt that I mean, I, I've heard that the King of Staten Island is good, and maybe because that's partially based on his life, he's more comfortable in that. That's what I'm assuming. Right. And also, like, I don't know I don't know what the directing was like for this movie, but, you know, the people who carry good performances are really, really experienced actors. I could imagine that potentially the directing wasn't very good, and because Pete Davidson isn't, like, a professional actor, tour for his main job he's just like okay i guess i'll just stand here <laughs> like that's yeah, all right yeah. i'm just in yeah. this scene um i feel yeah, like I, we should talk about like uh so the way that in this version of the story the way that taraji gets her mind reading abilities is she's at her friends it's it's like a pre it's not a bridal party per se but her friend is going to get married so it's kind of like a bachelorette a pre-bachelorette hang Yes, Tamala Jones, or yeah, Tamala Jones is getting married, and so they have a whole thing. Yes, and you know, all the ladies are chatting, and then Erica Badu, (laughs) Erica Badu shows up, and she's like a psychic, she can read your tarot cards, and like, it's, I mean, I love to see her. Like, this was the perfect role for her in this she's movie. beautiful on this. Like, the dress that she's wearing is gorgeous. She's got, like, long kind of, like, honey red blonde hair that's, like, flowing. She's got these, like, so cute glasses. I was obsessed with her. She looked gorgeous. Oh, yeah. She was fantastic. And she rolls in, and, you know, all the ladies are kind of drunk by now, and they're having fun. And, of course, a few of them are like, oh, we don't know if we believe that, but whatever. And Taraji's very resistant but then she's like fine you know sure and (laughs) erica badu is just like you know reading her and is like oh you're you're like basically not getting things that you want you're kind of stuck and and she doesn't what's interesting is um she never says anything like i'm giving you a gift right it's just very much like have this tea let me tell you some things that will freak you out that are a little bit on the nose but that is when she is imparted with the gift um yes. so much like the original it's like a cosmic event that the character doesn't know about at the moment they only kind of trace it back to that person as they, you know, discover their gift. And so it's like the next morning that Taraji ends up hearing her assistant's thoughts and she's, and they have this, I do think that scene was successful comedically. The scene when she can first hear her assistant's thoughts and she's like freaking out at him and then he's freaking out and then they make this connection. (laughs) Well, yeah. So what happens is, is that like she gets the tea and then she parties really, really hard. And then she wakes up in the hospital, which is, this happens like that happens twice in this movie, this woman, um, and she and her and then she hears her doctor talking about like how he used to do drugs and they have like this conversation that's that's the first man oh that yeah she- you're so right the doctor yeah the doctor's like thinking basically the doctor is thinking all these thoughts about how he's a bad doctor and how he needs to go do coke now <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> 
And yeah, but then yeah, the one in the assistant is cool. Her her conversations with her assistant are so are so cringe. <laughs> like cuz it's like he's trying to it's like he's like I've been hanging out with a black woman for years, so I get to talk like this and like it's just the way that they talk to each other is so annoying. So I was actually kind of relieved when she started reading his thoughts cuz I was like, okay, so he can stop doing this thing cuz it's fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, their rapport is very weird and it feels unnatural to me. It feels clunky. Yeah, it yeah, it's you know, it's subversive. Also, also there's a there's a guy in her building played by Kellen Lutz from Oh my god. <laughs> from uh from <laughs> Twilight fame. I don't know why it took so long for you to say Twilight when I had to laugh. Um and she's like she wants to like fuck him. And so, like, there's a scene with, like, them, like, her and her assistant and him originally, and she's interested in him, but she doesn't know, like, what to say. And then, like, after she can read thoughts, she, they're, like, in it, they're, like, in the elevator together, and she, and he, she realizes that Kellen Lutz is interested, and that he just thought that her assistant was her boyfriend, which is... Which is so funny, because they do not, again, their dynamic is so uncomfortable to me they do not have sexual chemistry at all no. but also i do want to note that kellen lutz's character is written in the description for the movie online as captain fucktastic <laughs> uh which is incredible i love that they're like we are just going to name him captain fucktastic that is the choice <laughs> beautiful so captain <laughs> i just think so, we should use that like captain fucktastic is in the elevator with taraji and she- yeah yeah and, and she and, and he she hears his thoughts and he's just basically just like i i want her to make the first move i want her to like throw me against the wall and kiss me so she does that and then they go back to his place and what do we see bronwyn <laughs> Well, first of all, he has like some vague sculptural things from Africa. We don't know which countries, um, but, you know, she has this muttering to herself. She's like, okay, so, you know, that could be fetishy or could be a good sign. We'll see. She goes in the bathroom. She's so excited. She's going to fuck Captain Fucktastic. She comes out and he's like calling to her. She doesn't know where he is. And she goes up and he has kind of this loft apartment. So she goes up like the loft stairs and he is chained up he's all ready he's ready for her to dominate him he's like got full gear on he's like basically crucifixion pose and she is terrified she like screams she like screams and runs out and that's that that's it (laughs) and he's just like he's basically just like i thought you were the one like he has been looking for oh my god he's been so excited and he thought that you know she made the first move she pushed him against the elevator wall so he's like all right let's go for it and she does she does have that energy she does she does so i under i kind of understand where he was coming from there though like in in 2019 if you like now dummies are like a big deal if you would like a woman to dominate you that's like a big thing right now they're very popular right <laughs> totally for 
Oh, for sure. And like, it is, it is weird for him to not mention anything to her. Like they haven't really talked about what they're into. And then he's just like fully in, in his zone without knowing what she's into. But like that whole exchange was that joke to me felt like it was 15 years older than it was. Like, I was like, this is 2004. Like the whole punchline is like that he has a weird fetish. And like, again, obviously I do think it's inappropriate for him to not ask her what she's into and just like, surprise her but like her reaction was so like oh my god <laughs> like she was like, just i have so never seen this in life. Like, i cannot believe and meanwhile this is the woman that we've already seen have like the worst sex ever and like not think at all about how the other person was feeling so her response to this man <laughs> is very interesting yeah yeah it's so the yeah this movie is the sexual politics of this movie are very, very dated. And the concept of like, even like the concept of like what a black woman is in this movie is really strange. Oh yeah. It feels, it feels like it's like a uh, early thousands to me. Cause, cause her whole, the whole energy that like people have, like people keep on coming to Taraji with this energy. Like she is a scary black woman. And the thing is, is that like, she seems confident, but she doesn't seem scary. And like, those right. are two different things. Right. Definitely. Yeah. It, it feels such the the tone of the comedy and the punchlines do feel very dated. And I mean, I wonder some of that is obviously just the choices that the writers made in general, but I also am like, were they trying to be like the original, which was made a long time ago so much that they're like, well, we got to have these kinds of jokes that are very much about, you know, certain sexual dynamics or like this very kind of heteronormative idea of gender and sexuality. Like, you know, it, it just felt like it was trying to be like the original in that way, but then it's trying to be new in ways that aren't consistent. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, that's exactly it. So like, so she starts reading minds and uh, so uh, her conflict, she's trying to get a promotion and so there's this, so there's this, uh, you know, young up and coming, um, basketball player named Jamal and his dad is played by Tracy Morgan. And Tracy Morgan is one of those like dads who keeps on trying to control his son's career and also seems to be using his son's career as his career. And, um, I, it's weird cause I don't know much about sports, but I actually know exactly who like Tracy Morgan's character is is a is a joke on who is he a joke on um there is a gentleman named lamar ball who is like kind of like a momager of his sons who play basketball and like a couple like a couple years ago i mean i don't really follow basketball so i don't know if it's still a thing but he was getting a lot of press for just like being a controlling dad to his basketball playing sons, like getting a lot of airtime, like doing the thing, you know, when you're trying to make a deal and you're ready to be really considerate and then someone comes in and is just like, no, we want this. Yeah, that I mean, that completely tracks with Tracy Morgan's character. Who's like... <laughs> It's so funny. I was like, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, his name is LeVar Ball. Okay. That is, yes. He's, he's a play on LeVar Ball. Uh, so yeah, I, this is like the only time ever I'm going to get a sports reference in my life. 
wow. I'm so, impressed <laughs> that your sports reference came in handy. Like somehow your sports reference was useful for the podcast, which is honestly impressive. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Morgan is like, yeah, he's trying to control his son's career and Taraji wants to manage his son or be, be the agent. And Tracy Morgan eventually basically says like, he, he judges her because she doesn't have a family. Um, so he's basically like, oh, you're not a family person. You know, I don't basically I don't trust people who don't have families. To me, that felt very gendered. Like, I don't trust women who don't have kids. Um, so she, you know, has earlier in the movie had sex with Aldous Hodge, who's fantastic. He's a bartender and he has a son that she met the morning after they had sex. Very briefly, very uh, sweet child. Played by Oh my actor. god, she wakes he wakes up and he and he has her thong on his face. Yes. <laughs> He's like, what's this? <laughs> like just peak child shenanigans. Um and so Aldous Hodge and his son show up at the perfect time and they, they have something of hers that they need to return to her. And like Aldous is a sweetie, so he's for some reason, despite the fact that she just had the That's, most yeah. unhinged sex with him, for some reason he wants to see her again. Yeah, uh, despite, yeah. <laughs> this, that awful sex scene, he comes back. And, like, well, because, like, when she runs out on him, it's not just that she's, like, terrible to him in the bedroom. It's also just, like, he see, she sees a photo of his wife in her wedding dress, and he's just like, oh, you're a cheater. And she leaves before he can explain that she's dead. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So he's coming to be like, by the way, my wife's dead. Do you want to hang out again? And so she sees him and she basically just like, there's this weird exchange because Tracy Morgan's still there where she just like tries to pretend that that's her family. And Tracy Morgan makes that assumption because he's kind of got that old school, like, you know, oh, this must be your husband or whatever. And that must be your kid. So she like <laughs> lies on her feet because they walk in at the perfect moment and Tracy Morgan's just telling her like, oh, I don't trust women who aren't family people. So she's like, oh, I'm a family person. Look, my family just walked in. <laughs> um, which of course sets in motion the big shenanigan of the movie, which I guess this movie just has a lot of shenanigans because the big shenanigan is she can read men's minds, but also she is using this nice man and his son so that she can get ahead in her career. Yeah, which is fucked up. And Aldous Hodge, who is apparently the most understanding hot man on earth, because it's like, I don't know, I don't like think really hot man and understanding in the same sentence. And he's just like, he's just like, fine with everything. It seems like he's so like, sensitive and kind of wounded that he's just, he's just like, okay, maybe she likes me. It's so cute. But it's also just like, you deserve better. I know. I love his character so much. And I like feel so bad for him. Like basically she invites him and his son to go to this game with her and Tracy Morgan and everyone. And they don't know that she's using them. Like, and like, I don't, this might be my fault. I don't know. I don't think she ever tells him. Like, he obviously ends up finding out. But somehow she pulls off this whole pretend thing. And because Tracy Morgan will, like, ask Aldous questions about them. And Aldous is just answering as someone who's starting to date her or maybe see her. And Tracy Morgan's, like, interpreting it as, like, oh, you have a kid together. You've been together a long time. So there's this, you know, a lot of miscommunication kind of. 
It's so weird that he's not in on it because she's faking so hard. Right. That's what's so confusing to me is that he either doesn't pick that up or she doesn't just say, hey, do you want to fake this? Like, it. that's one of the biggest aspects of the movie that truly was not fleshed out. Like, how would they, how would he not connect that something was off? Like, it, it's just so wild. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It, the whole thing. And so, yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's something, oh yeah, there's like, there's like office stuff. It's weird because like she, she has this idea that like Max Greenfield, because in order to become partner, it has to be a y- unanimous vote between the partners. And so she, or between every, I'm not sure. Anyway, she thinks that Max Greenfield voted against her. And like later on, she figures out that he didn't. And he gives her this whole like dressing down. That's just like, you know, you, she's just like, you know, I'm one of the guys. He's just like, no, you're just mean. <laughs> It's just like, okay, but like, no, it's not like everybody in the office is nice to each other. It's, it's like, so why weird. is Schmidt from New Girl giving Taraji a, a speech about toxic masculinity? This is some weird shit. Like, what why is all happening? Of these white people, why are all of these white people telling her what to do? It's so uncomfortable. Everybody, it's just like a bunch of white men telling her what to do. Like, it's not just what men want. It's like, what white men want. And I don't what understand that from specifically Taraji P. Henson. Like, it's just like, I, you're all telling her to to get better, to be better. And like, you know, people could say, oh, but the casting, you know, that doesn't, no, but no, the casting no. is the whole point of this movie. The whole premise of the original movie is based on the casting. It's based on the identities of the people involved. So to, so I feel like that would be the defense. I don't know for sure, but the you're, defense would be like, like, oh, it's not about race. You know, it's just about gender, but only when we want it to be about gender in this specific way, but not in general. (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to like imagine being a white man in 2019 and just like, (laughs) like, (laughs) let's make a movie where everyone tells Taraji that she's mean, even though she's just trying to keep up in this workplace that we won't reward her. And we're going to tell her that she is a white toxic man. Like that's, it's like a whole movie of people telling Taraji P. Henson that she's like a white toxic man. And like, and and then like this very sweet black man who has a child is just like, Hey hun, like you can just be yourself. Like it's fine. Like let's talk to each other. Like he's just like sad about his dead wife, loves his son and just wants to have love. And like, it's also like the one movie with an emotionally intelligent male lead has an emotionally unintelligent female lead. Look, I'm like, what is happening here? It, it, nothing about this movie makes sense. And also, was it revealed who voted against her? Wasn't it uh, like Samantha? Was it Samantha B's husband that did it? I assume. I don't know if anybody ever said it. I I actually never was able to pick up who voted against her. And honestly, I didn't like that wasn't that interesting in in the movie to me. But yeah, it was the main reveal for that was that it wasn't Max Greenfield. He's like, no, you're good at your job. You're just mean. Like, but I know that you're capable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's interesting how hearing the thoughts of men like it. 
she okay so she thinks that there's like a secret poker game that samantha b's husband does and everybody insists that there isn't and then one day she just shows up at his house and it is because she was like listening to them and so like so i mean and when you start hearing her thoughts you can tell like how much like emasculated he feels by her and then it's like poker and it's like her him shaquille o'neal max greenfield and she can read everyone's thoughts so of course she's just like cheating um. <laughs> right and they're all like wow they're impressed and i mean also one of the interesting things about the movie is you know one of the obvious shenanigans when you hear about the concept of what men want you're like oh god this is just gonna be like an hour and a half of like really crude sex jokes or you know inappropriate like based on the kind of gimmick, but I feel like the movie is trying to go out of its way to be like, no, these men are thinking about different things, which like, yeah, that's true. Men think about lots of things because they're people, but it's just funny how much it's pushing against that while, while also being like, but Taraji is toxic, but these men are thinking about how they like real housewives or how they have to fart. And she is bad and one dimensional. I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) Yeah, there's a, there's there is a way to do a story like this without making it seem like the woman is bad. And I understand that like Mel Gibson's whole thing is that he's bad, but like you like the way that he is bad is like very like typical. typical yeah, he's a misogynist. Like he's just like a very open misogynist. And but it's just like Taraji doesn't hate men. She she doesn't like if anything, it feels more like she hates herself. Like, she doesn't feel, like, it feels like she has internalized misogyny. Um, it doesn't feel like she hates men. It feels more like, yeah, so that's the thing. It would be different if it was, like, she actually hated men to a point where it was, like, making her treat all of them horribly, which I would still kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, okay, where? Where is that happening? <laughs> like, you yeah. know. But, uh but it's not that. So it's just this weird thing where it's like she has internalized misogyny, but then men are yelling at her about it. But then what? But then their thoughts are mostly like the, the only man who she really catches being like truly, truly an asshole is her friend's fiance. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, the wedding scene, I actually, at some point I turned the volume off and I was just reading the subtitles because I was like, absolutely. I'm not listening to this. (laughs) You're like, I cannot. The the cliff notes before the wedding scene are that her, she goes on a double date basically with uh, Aldous and then her friend and her friend's fiance. And the fiance is just like, he's like thinking about other women and basically in his mind, thinking about the fact that he's a cheater um and Taraji can hear all of that and then she sees one of the waitresses that her friend's fiance has flirted with in his mind like says something kind of nice uh to Aldous and Aldous in his thoughts is just like oh like you know thinking nice things about Taraji basically like I'm here with the most beautiful woman in the world (laughs) so it's like this contrast moment where she's realizing the guy that she's with is like very genuine and then her friend's fiance is not and I feel like that's the only moment where the movie allows the men to be the bad guys (laughs) and it's only one man (laughs) like Taraji is the bad guy (laughs) and then like there's the wedding scene where she 
<laughs> she just hijacks the entire wedding, like right in the middle of the vows to to drop some revelations. And it's confusing because like the revelations that she drops are good, but like it's good to know. You find out that like Tamala Jones' husband is cheating, and you also find out that Phoebe Robinson's husband is like secretly gay or bisexual or something. And this is information that is, you know, useful to your friends. You want your friends to be in healthy relationships. You don't want your friends to be lied to. You know, if you get this information, I mean, it could be a kill the messenger situation where you have the information and you give it and they're upset with you. But I understand the impulse. You want your friends to be happy. However, why didn't she just talk about it before the vow? It makes it just- no sense. It makes no it sense at all. Sense. Like it's one of the many choices in the movie where you're like, it, it feels like they're just like, oh, this will be really funny, or we want to have everything turned all the way up throughout this entire movie, and therefore we're going to have a wedding scene because that's classic. But there is no wedding scene in what women want. <laughs> like, like I was just like, this is so. I don't understand the point of this. And so, of course, they're mad at her because she did it in the most destructive, humiliating way possible. You know, like, I I don't know who wouldn't be mad at that because I'd just be like, even though I'd want the information, I'd be like, why did you humiliate me in front of everyone instead of just telling me? Yeah, just just telling her would have just been fine. It would have been fine. And in that scene, for some reason, her assistant is there. Uh, because like I guess that's like the only friend that's not already in the wedding and he tries to stop her he's basically just like don't do this what are you doing he stands up and he's like you know I'm your she's like you're my assistant you can't tell me what to do and he's like I'm your friend and she basically just like tells him to shut up and then he's like fine I'm not taking this and he leaves and we're supposed to feel bad for him and of course like situationally I do but their relationship is so weird I just don't care (laughs) Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was shitty of her. But also, this is so over the top. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much of this movie is just like her being humbled. And also there's Samantha Bee's husband trying to um, poach Jamal. And there's a whole thing where Jamal kind of like gets strong armed into um, like playing basketball for China, even though he would rather play basketball like near his family and friends. And then um, Taraji, one of the best scenes in the movie is Taraji just talking to Jamal alone on the basketball court. And the thing that's really great about that scene is that it totally upends the premise of the movie because it's a perfectly good conversation and you can tell that she understands how to talk to men. So it doesn't make sense that she doesn't understand how to talk to them in the rest of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yet another inconsistency. And then of course, so her she she ends up bringing Aldis and his adorable son Ben to meet her dad and her dad like it like she it's this touching scene where she realizes again, once again how wonderful Aldis is, but also how much her dad loves her. And it's all touching and then of course, soon after that, he finally figures out her whole charade and that she's been using him and and his son and you know it's the classic moment in the movies with the shenanigans where she's like 
yeah, no, this was wrong, but like, I care about you. Like, I, I really like you, you know? And he's just like, no, fuck you. I have a kid. But even if I didn't, this is not how you treat people. Like, I can't believe I opened up and was vulnerable with you. And I just like, I, I knew that they would end up back together because, because that's just how this kind of movie goes. But I was like, he really does deserve better. <laughs> like, And I hate to say that because I love Taraji as an actress, but her character is atrocious. Like, I... Yeah, no. He's, yeah, she's, she's terrible to him. She's terrible to him. But also just like... Because uh, he finds out about the lie because her boss gets mad at her for losing Jamal and he just like walks up to Aldous Hodge and is just like, oh, by the way, like, I know that this is all a sham. And so she gets like embarrassed in her office and there's just no reason for it. Like her lying is really fucked up, but it's fucked up for Aldous only. None of no one else needs to know about it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so, yeah, like I just feel like Aldous takes so much of the brunt. It's like this entire movie is punishing Taraji for being a toxic white male, even though she's a black woman. And then Aldous is like the emotional, like carrying the emotional weight. Like he's the one who's actually feeling all these repercussions um, because her character is still written so cartoonish that even when people are mad at her, like she's, she's stressed out, but she's not like crying. She's not like in this deep place. She's just like moving on to the next thing. And it's just so emotionally confusing because even like what women want, it's not like an emotionally profound movie, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, Mel Gibson learns to not be a misogynist and there's some funny moments and there's some cringe moments and, and that's that. But this version is trying to do so many different plots. It doesn't feel as focused and also yeah. the concept in general is very dated of just this idea of like, I am learning what a gender thinks, you know, it, there's just so much there that doesn't quite work. And so I feel like, yeah, this version is trying to do so many different comedy things at once and so many different perspective things at once. And none of them quite work for me. Yeah, and there's so much that we haven't even talked about. Like, when I realized that we'd gotten this far in the episode, and there's just, like... Because there's so much shit in this movie, and, like, not all of it is important, but it's wild how much shit is in this movie. Like, shit, like... Like, (laughs) the density of shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's the thing, is it's, like, packed with shit, but you're not, like... there's so much that happens but nothing happens like whereas I feel like the original it's it's a very basic plot and there's a lot of time for the scenes there's a lot of time for the jokes whether they work or not there's time for them and with this one it's rushing to have this subplot you know let's tie the loose ends here let's go visit this character and I'm I'm down for having a bunch of characters and subplots if they work but if they don't it's just more for your brain to try to piece together yeah this is this is a movie that this is a remake that that like understands the original in a very preliminary sense but doesn't understand how it doesn't understand what makes the original fun at all like it it 
The original, I mean, you know, it has Mel Gibson and that's a huge fucking problem, but it's a Nancy Myers movie and Nancy Myers knows how to take a plot like this and make it fun and make it rewatchable. And this movie is trying to, it's trying so hard to be fun that it's not fun at all. Yes. Yeah. It won't let anything sit. Like it's uncomfortable with anything being even close to sincere or serious. And, um, I feel like I was, I kept trying to think about, well, how could this work with this cast and everything? Like if Taraji's character was, I don't want to say a straight up abuser because that's really heavy, but you know, if she was on the level of mistreatment of a misogynist, so like she's like routinely emotionally manipulative in a very active, harmful way. And then this is a movie where she like gains empathy for men. Um, it could be fun. It could work. It could work as a new version of it, but her character. Yeah. She's definitely bad to Aldous Hodge, but so much of it is her not even knowing what she's doing. Like it's not even this pattern that she has. It's just like her trying to use him and his son for her job, but it's not like that's a thing she does all the time with people. So it doesn't have the same, it doesn't work the same as Mel Gibson who has a pattern of being a misogynist to a lot of women. Like, if we knew more about Taraji's relationships with other men romantically, maybe, you know, maybe that could tie in, but we don't. We just know that she wants a promotion and her coworkers don't like her. And then she, she is a bad girlfriend to this very sweet bartender. <laughs> and, and of yeah. course, they do end up together at the end, naturally. Um, yeah, because she, she, she does makes- a big apology. She does a big apology. She makes everything right. She starts a new agency with Schmidt. And like the first agent that they hire is her assistant. And I guess Pete Davidson is coming too. And Pete Davidson likes the assistant now and they're going to fuck. And everybody's happy and everyone's going to fuck, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, I love the cast, but it, it's not it. You know, I want I want Aldous's character, Aldous Hodge's character, to be moved into another movie. Yeah. So, uh, I would just say, I mean, I can't say watch the original because people don't want to watch Mel Gibson in movies anymore, which is totally understandable. Uh, oh, for I have sure. A conflict- I have a complicated relationship with his screen presence as well, because he's in a lot of movies that I like. And so it's constantly, you know, it's, it's a negotiation uh, with, you know, what you want to see, what you can deal with, what you can't deal with. It's really your choice. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. What I will say is that if you want to watch a movie like this, uh, just watch like any Nancy Myers movie, uh, Nancy Myers knows how to take some silliness and make it really emotionally resonant. Um, if you need something high concept, however, I would say, yeah, I mean, I was, I was literally like, (laughs) this is so different than this movie, but just thinking of Nancy Myers, I was like, you should just watch the parent trap. Like if you just watch shenanigans, just watch the parent trap, the Lindsay Lohan. Oh hell yeah! Right, like you know, you get all the cartoonishness, you get the comedy, uh, you get people changing. Even there's emotional arcs. Um, Yeah, you're not going to get like the romance, but the romance doesn't really work in any version of of what women want or what men want. So yeah, just watch the parent trap. 
and you know pray for uh Lindsay lohan yes that that all sounds great and we love you so much. Thank you for hanging out with us. Our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. They're a fantastic Seattle band. Uh, we always love when you feel like giving us stars or reviews, no pressure. And if you don't like us, it's fine. We don't need your opinion then. <laughs> we only like positive ones. Um, and I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Yeah, back it up, back it up.